Welcome back. You're watching Stock Watch with me, Bright Kumalo, and tackling your stock-related questions this evening as well. Kim Guni from Benguela Global Fund Managers and Nick Krell from FNB Wealth and Investments. Send those questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at pdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Uh, gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. Um, Nick, can you give us... Uh, where we ended up on the JSE, you know, the, this this afternoon. I mean, uh, it it was a big day in terms of earnings and um, well updates, um, and and obviously, um, you know, the the guys basically saying they're going to be coming out with results in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so we saw some trading updates coming through, I suppose. Um, you know, really what's driving markets, I think, um, other than a little bit of the local news, uh, which is significantly slower than what you're seeing in the U.S. specifically. Yeah. I mean, global companies were sort of really kicking things off hard this week uh, with, with numbers coming out of many different sort of companies. Um, and certainly with all the frothiness and, I suppose, concern uh, globally around whether or not we're going into recession how indebted or embattled is the consumer at the moment? I think these sort of um, numbers are going to be a bit of a yardstick, not only looking behind us and see exactly what the results are, but also I think commentary from a management perspective in terms of what sort of um, you know cost pressures and or demand pressures are they seeing on the ground looking forward. So yeah, I really think our markets are getting driven primarily from sort of international earnings. I think obviously you've also got uh, the Fed meeting up um, tomorrow and yep. coming up with uh, interest rate hikes or otherwise, what sort of quantum, what sort of message. So there's there's a lot of market, um, I suppose, weariness at the moment just sitting on the sidelines. Um, locally, we kind of saw a little bit more of the, the retailers, both apparel as well as sort of food retailers giving some sort of trading updates and trading statements. Um, and in that, I mean, uh, you, you'll see a lot of the shares up quite significantly today, um, but largely on the back of, I think, you know, numbers that weren't as poor as anticipated. So numbers yeah. are still, you know, it's a slowing type of environment, but it's certainly not what's being priced into the stocks. Uh, the biggest one for me today was having a look at TrueWords, uh, which is almost up 9%, 10% on the day, uh, but still 5% down from where they were a month ago. So it gives you some sort of indication as to what's actually being priced into markets. And yes, we're seeing a bit of a recovery, uh, but it's off a low base. Yeah. And talking about news that are, you know, not as bad as we thought they would be. Let's talk about uh, some of those earnings um, coming out of the U.S. I mean, FactSet said something like, you know, a third of companies have reported already. Um, and something ridiculous, like only one company has actually increased their outlook for the year. Most of them kept the same. And about 10% of those that have reported, uh, you know, you know um, they had basically worse um, outlook than they had previous, previously anticipated. And obviously, Walmart is going to be one of those uh, which, you know, sort of uh, for, 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 for global retailers has come to the stage and vomited. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 like, the share price, last time I checked, uh, on my screen before I left the office, they were down about 9%. And basically, yeah. the entire U.S. was in the red at open. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I, I think 
the the outlook statements have been quite disappointing for most companies. So it's it's not that the numbers that it put out now were bad, at least relative to what was expected. But yeah. I think the outlooks were worse. And I think we spoke about it probably a month or two ago, where we were highlighting that the environment is changing, the market expectations on earnings growth seems to be slow. It's it's not it's not uh, changing downward. So what it has now happened is that the analysts are being woken up by management that are saying, hey, uh, things uh, might not look so rosy going forward. And then and now the analysts have to reverse numbers down. Yeah, yeah. It's going, to, it's going to be a very interesting, you know, earnings season. But of course, we're watching big tech coming out tonight. You know, when I mean big tech, I'm talking about the ultra big Microsofts and Googles of the world. And obviously, uh, tomorrow it's going to be Apple and Thursday it's going to be Meta Platforms. It should set the tone of what portfolios will look like for the rest of the quarter, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think that uh, we'll probably see good numbers coming out, but I think the, the forward-looking uh, statements. statements are not going to be so great. Ish. I really think that uh, Microsoft might uh, be slightly better relative to the, to the peers in terms of uh, they seem to have been... Uh, winning in the last uh, few months, so they 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 could uh, maybe surprise on the upside on the on on that front. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's um, jump into our question. We'll start with some of the questions on Twitter. Um, this is Mira Flores who says, "Why is Santum getting slaughtered these last few days?" Nick, any idea why Santum uh, is 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 an outlier here? Um, there has been a little bit of news out. I, I think, I mean, number one, the short-term, um, you know, assurance sort of uh, companies, we know that there's many different sort of events that are happening, um, you know, from a climate change kind of perspective, which are which are meaning that claims are escalating quite significantly. Um, notwithstanding that, I think Suntime also came out with news, you know, stating that if you wanted your car to get fixed, as an example, um, it's going to take a lot of a longer sort of turnaround period uh, than, than normal. Um, to sort of fix due to supply chain issues, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Um, I'm not sure if that was the, the reason why the, the, the share has, however, been coming down. Yes, and uh, Mr. Mugunu, do you have any any opinions on uh, Santam? What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Nick. Uh, the, the big thing has been the claims that have been coming through. Uh, I think the, the market's kind of uh, trying to make adjustments that the claims might be uh, might have a long tail in a, in a sense of, uh, some of the things might come through after a financial year end, uh, and that would then spill over into the new financial year. And your your basically your two year outlook is not going to be uh, that exciting. Uh, and I think we might we might be seeing that as an effect, a major effect on the on the performance. Sure. Okay. Uh, interesting there on Santam, but I guess in terms of uh, local insurers, um, if Santam as a big insurer. Um, you know, on the motor vehicle side and obviously on uh, basically non-long-term insurance, um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the smaller companies perform, uh, in the, you know, for the rest of the years in terms of earnings. Uh, we have a question here on the SMS line. Um, uh, the question is, is Tungela still a good buy? Uh, I paid an it paid an excellent dividend of 18 Rand. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Nick, Tungela? Yes, I mean, if you've, 
bought it as it got unbundled uh, or just uh, kept your sort of stake in it. I mean, it's been a, the world's best investor investment. Um, I suppose my thinking, uh, you know, in those sort of environments, um, you know, there's no doubt that energy prices as a whole, but specifically thermocoal are still in demand, but certainly massively heightened on a longer term kind of basis. Um, in that sort of environment, I think they're, they're doing quite well. Um, but I would certainly be in the, the area of sort of taking taking some profits opposed to entering new positions or putting new money on the sort of the table. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, while, you know, Germany, for example, Mr. Mguni is advising us to jump into more green energy and they're busy, you know, burning coal and they've got like a five-year horizon of burning this very low-quality, bad-for-the-environment coal. Uh, they're telling us to stop using coal. What are your thoughts on Tungela? Yeah, <laughs> maybe my thoughts first on uh, what you just said. I think I think the story of Africa, uh, we're getting uh, sold a lemon and uh, we, we actually end up with uh, buying into these renewables and we they are the ones that are manufacturing them and sending them to South Africa. Yes. We've got massive coal assets in South Africa and Tungela is one of them. I definitely think that... Uh, uh, in the short term, it's done uh, too much, but I think if one looks at the energy outlook and the fact that some of these uh, 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 players like Germany had multiple their uh, uh, coal-fired power stations, you're probably going to see tight demand for quite some time, especially if Russia goes ahead and uh, shuts their their pipeline, their gas pipeline in winter in, in Europe. That would be a disaster. I mean, the, the coal price would uh, go through the roof in that situation. Yeah, and, they, and and actually everything that comes from Russia, including gas and, you know, sort of other stuff that's needed in energy. Um, so I guess in a, in a, in a five-year horizon, you shouldn't be panicking if you already hold these, right? Is yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think, I think there could be some upside. I mean, I agree in the short term, probably take some profits, but I think uh, in the next two to three years, I think you almost uh, have quite a decent uh, solution unless uh, th things fall apart or, or the situation in Europe uh, gets solved in a different way. A and one thing to highlight is that even if the war in Ukraine ends, the, the Europeans are going to be uh, reluctant to rely on Russian uh, uh, product, petroleum products going forward. And they're going to have to make a different plan. And that transition period might be actually advantageous to coal. We want to try to go through some of these questions. There's quite a lot of them, actually. But uh, the first one is from Ibrahim uh, from yesterday, who says, Good evening. Uh, he appreciates the panel's view on Bitcorp at these levels. Uh, what are their prospects moving forward? Uh, Nick? Yes, I think their prospects are pretty good looking forward. Um, so I think I think you're getting a fairly, you know, fairly good opportunity at these sort of price levels to to get a longer term quality growth orientated company. Um, so I'm I'm certainly a fan. I think I mean the the things obviously putting them under pressure at the moment would be around I suppose geopolitical uh, risk. Um, number one, number two, uh, just uh, economies in general and and the sort of performance around that. And then secondly, I suppose all offshore stocks as yields continue or have risen to sort of levels, um, you know, there is a certain level of derating that needs to happen anyway. And, um, you know, Bitcorp was never a particularly cheap um, stock from a rating kind of perspective. Um, but I think it looks attractive at these levels. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Mguni, thinking of supply chain 
problems, uh, especially in the markets they're operating in, you know, Southeast Asia and uh, Europe. You know, that's where the big bucks, that's where the big margins are, right? Um, well, potentially are, because we already maxed out the margins uh, in Southern Africa. <coughs> so, <laughs> well, what do you think is, this is going to do to a company like Bitcorp going forward? Yeah, I think the supply chain uh, issues are one factor uh, that yes. one has to keep in mind. But I think they've tried to move some of their uh, uh, operations closer to the customers. So in yeah. in markets like China and and and, and I think uh, Malaysia, they they they've come very close to to the customers. I think that for me is less of a concern. What is a bigger concern is the fact that the restaurant uh, market. Uh, which is a major, major uh, uh, customer uh, of theirs, is actually still recovering. And we are getting to a stage where discretionary spend could start being pulled back by consumers. Yeah. And that could create a, a growth challenges for, for, for them. But I do think that it's a good business. And like Nick said, it's never been cheap, but, but certainly a, a well-run business. Okay, so well, well run uh, local international business, uh, if there is such a thing. Um, we have a question here on the SMS line. Uh, it doesn't say who is it coming from. It says, is Capitech a good buy at these current levels? Nick, maybe I should add there and ask you, uh, considering that, you know, um, a lot of PSG shareholders are going to get, you know, Capitech unbundled to them. Um, there's going to be less of a, an overhang on these shares and obviously more tradable shares, um, it should be interesting for, for price discovery. What does that mean for current obvious uh, Capitec shareholders and, and, and uh, Capitec shareholders to be? Yeah, so I think, I mean, just having a look at the current set of prices, I mean, um, Capitec from a performance perspective has actually performed very much in line with the sort of the big four banks. I think Investec over the last sort of year has been the sort of outperformer. Um, having said that on a pricing and a multiple kind of kind of basis, Capitec is priced for growth, um, which is very different uh, to the rest of our largest sort of banking stocks in the, in the sort of the sector. Yeah. Uh, therefore, if one takes a view on Capitec, it really comes down to their ability to continue growing into the medium, medium to long term. Um, now, if you're a fan, and generally, to be honest, I am a fan um, of that, I do believe they have the prospects. Obviously, they've got to execute it, but if we look in the rearview mirror and you see what they have executed so far, um, they've been very successful at um, you know, continuing to grow and growing into different sort of segments. It is still a bank that offers a whole host less services than your big four banks do, and ultimately, as they move and transition into those areas, I believe the growth is still, is still around the corner, but that's what you're buying. If it doesn't grow, it's going to come under a lot of pressure. If it grows, as long as it continues growing and keeping returns high, um, it'll continue looking expensive. Yes, and Mr. Mooney, I mean, there's Time Bank on the horizon. There's um, Discovery Bank. Uh, you know, you and I are also planning a bank together. So, I mean, what does this mean <laughs> for, for Capitec, which, you know, traditionally has grown at about 250000 uh, monthly, you know, new clients. But what does that mean? Because, I mean, if I look at someone like Time Bank, they're reporting numbers which are similar, but uh, I'm not sure who actually has the, the, the monies. You know what I mean? Because if you're a bank at the end of the day, you want people that are joining the bank, you know, to, to help in, in, in some form of activity in the economy. Otherwise, it's just pointless. 
yeah, there's two two points to it, and and, and firstly, maybe I can I can uh, speak directly to what Nick said. Uh, I think we did the numbers, and Capitec would need to grow earnings at ten percent consistently for the next ten years to justify the current share price. 10, so if they don't do that, uh, that's going to be a big challenge. So you're gonna get uh, periods when things are going are falling apart, and then uh, things are improving. But on average, that number must be ten percent. The second thing is, if you look at where they made their success, it was in the consumer market. So it was people who were either being rejected by big banks and, and, and basically they, they kind of built a, a, a entry on, on, the, on that element and then expanded and made it uh, provided with their simplicity. I think that, that has been great. And I don't know if they can continue to grow fast. And I think... Uh, if you compare them to the time banks, the difference is that is revenue per customer. How much do they make yes. per customer versus what the, the, the time bank? So they're far ahead on that front. The last point is that they have now bought McIntyre Bank to try and replicate the success that they had uh, in the consumer market into the small and medium Business. enterprises. Yeah. And I think everything depends on that execution. If they don't get it right, I think uh, there's going to be a big problem for Capitec. But... I do think I like the business, but I, it does feel a bit uh, fairly valued at the moment. Yeah, interesting. Uh, we have a question here from Koketso, uh, who said he's been an, an investor in um, Woolworth since 2014. Uh, is this a good time to sell? <laughs> Nick? <laughs> Wait, yeah, uh, ha there's been no panic yet. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he must be in real pain if he's been holding that long. <laughs> well, listen, lots of pain, lots of ups and downs, but I suppose just having it on the market and the volatility you see in the market, it's pretty much the same for almost all investors, right? What looked like a fantastic investment six months ago has fallen 50%, Oof. and the stuff that looked uh, and you thought was rubbish is, uh, you know, flat up. So um, there has been a lot of volatility. I think Bullworths, I mean, the big question, and obviously the big failing for them was going into Australia, David Jones. Um, you know, they, they told us at the time that it was uh, cheap, off a discount and just needed a quick turnaround. Well, no, not so much. Um, so, so, so that's a bit of an issue. Now, I suppose what you're really hoping is that they just can uh, that, uh, you know, settle, write off debt, so on and so forth, and look to grow back into SA. Um, ultimately, on a longer term basis, you've got to question the strategy. I mean, even before that, they were heading into Africa. Yes, not allocating lots of capital there, but certainly going in, realizing that uh, not really going to work with their business model and sort of sort of ejecting out. So I think there's still more transition and possibilities ahead of them. Uh, for that reason, I think there's better, cleaner ways to play uh, both apparel and food, and I would prefer to do so. Okay, so you'd like, you know, to be a purist if you want to play um, apparel, then really go Mr. Price. If you want to play, you know, food, then really go ShopRite or something like that. Um, uh, anything to add there, Mr. Mguni? Yeah, I, I agree with Nick. I think I would actually sell now. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be quite honest. I think, I think the, the, the recovery uh, that they've had in the last, say, 18 months has been uh, uh, particularly strong, not, not necessarily relative to the likes of ShopRite. But I think the, the value that they, was destroyed is unlikely to be recovered in full. Uh, and I think we probably where it could be uh, as best as it gets. If you look at the, the points that Nick is talking about, I mean, the fashion side uh, hasn't been great for quite a long time. They've been struggling in that, in that particular space. I think they're getting squeezed now with the likes of uh, 
online offerings by the other retailers in the food market, and it doesn't look like they they have other levers to to pull. So, for example, they seem to be relying heavily on price increases rather than uh, trying to build their volumes uh, to continue growing. Uh, and I think that that is a challenge in this kind of environment. So I'll, I'll take take my cash now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You take your cash now, but you you mentioned woolies and the word fashion you know the the problem with the fashion side of things is that they sold me this nice merino jersey 10 years ago and it's still fresh like i bought it yesterday that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> if they want me to go buy another jersey they shouldn't make it this so, strong right <laughs> I, I know but but now if you go compare the quality in the store today versus 10 years ago completely uh, you won't get that merino jersey again uh, you're gonna get something <laughs> you think i'll be disappointed <laughs> i'll get a street sheep you know from around no, the corner no i mean uh, the quality is deteriorated significantly that's a problem uh we've got a question about omnia here um from lungisi do you have an outlook on omnia quickly before we go to um our stock picks nick I'll be, I'll, I'll be pretty quick. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic, I suppose, at Omnia, um, have been for the last while. Um, so, yeah, my outlook is pretty strong on them, to be brief. Yes, I like that. Um, and anything to add, Mr. Mguni? Omnia? Yeah, I, I think uh, I'd be a bit worried about the mining cycle turning uh, the, the, with commodities if we do go into a recession. So they've done exceptionally well. And at 72 uh, rand, it's mind-blowingly too well, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so so I don't know if one wants to bet on the fact that the, the, the upside could be there. I mean, this was a cycle giving them a, a lift in that they've got a high fixed cost base. And when uh, volumes come through, they tend to get a huge benefit. Uh, but, but I can't see those huge volumes coming through uh, going forward given the environment that we are in but it's improved in terms of quality of management okay okay i like that and i enjoy that and obviously the debt didn't cripple them and they, they sort of rise above the debt so uh, that's always a good news if you're an investor <laughs> and yeah. actually turns out uh, in your favor so let's go into those <laughs> stock picks for the evening i think we have enough time here and uh, nick so you can be thorough and tell us why you're picking what you're picking this evening Right, so my stock pick this evening is um, looking, I suppose, towards the growth area of the market. Yeah. Uh, we've discussed what uh, areas of the market have really performed well uh, over the cycle um, and certainly what, what, what sort of stocks have, have really come under a lot of pressure. Stock I'm picking is Meta Platforms. That used to be Facebook. Uh, ultimately, it has, from a share price perspective, gone down significantly um, and largely around transitioning, I suppose, a business model and business case. Uh, realizing that with the platforms that they have, they weren't or were losing younger sort of viewers through to other platforms like TikTok and ultimately spending more of their sort of free cash flow that they generate to try and move into, um, you know, the metaverse, hence the name change um, at the end of the day. Um, having said that, I do believe that, I mean, you've got a balance sheet with no debt. You've got significant cash, cash sort of proceeds that you can allocate towards growing out this sort of business. And ultimately, it comes down to backing um Mark Zuckerberg and I suppose management in their ability to be relevant into the metaverse and generate revenue from that into the medium term. Um, 
certainly I wouldn't be buying it tonight, I must be honest, uh, nor would I be <laughs> buying it brave. tomorrow. Um, I think they're going to come out with numbers, um, you know, what, Thursday night or, or tomorrow night after the market closes. Um, and at that, um, I would imagine there's two ways of looking at it. Either it's going to do less rubbish than is expected. It's still going to do rubbish, but less rubbish, in which case it'll be relatively flat, I think almost at best. Um, or alternatively, and I think the stronger likelihood is that the numbers are going to be even worse, and ultimately it's going to provide investors with, um, you know, quite a, a very attractive medium-term entry point. That's not to say the short term, you're not going to be under some pressure. You could be, uh, but really if you close your eyes, open your eyes in two years' time, I think... Okay, uh, I think, I think I'm drinking the meta. Higher. I think I'm drinking the meta cool aid here. Thank you very much, <laughs> Nick. Uh, so uh, it's uh, meta for the evening, and, and for you, Mr. Mguni? We have about a minute. Nick said he's looking for growth. Uh, I'm looking for safety in this kind of environment. So, <laughs> so <laughs> nice balance. What... <laughs> so, so I'm going for Accenture. I think uh, it's a globally known and uh, renowned uh, consultancy firm uh, that, okay. that has uh, very strong verticals in financial services in the public sector, and I think. Half of their revenue is covered by uh, three sectors, and they, they've done very well. Uh, I went and looked even during the hard times when the economy wasn't doing well. They've always generated free cash flows, and they're very disciplined in terms of capital allocation. They have had some challenges from the younger competitors that, that took some of the verticals away from them, or at least put them under pressure. But, but I think the area of banking, the area of uh, consumer uh, products, and Insights, the area yeah. of public sector, they still dominate there. So, so I, I do think that uh, uh, if half of the revenues are coming from those sectors, the other sectors might decline, but certainly uh, they are well positioned. The valuation was stretched. Uh, I think they were over three, three, four hundred at, at one point. They now below uh, three hundred. So. I certainly think it might be time to nibble in, in, in Accenture. So, uh, Mr. Mguni likes Accenture. Uh, I think the only recommendation I can make to you is to read a book by Jesse Eisinger uh, titled The Chicken Shit Club. You're going to enjoy that a lot. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Nick Krell is going with Meta Platforms. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thanks to my guests, Zulak Mguni from Benguela, Global Fund Managers, and Nick Krell from FNB Wealth and Investment. Stockwatch is back again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a good evening.